Blog Talk Radio. For the Bobby Eaton Show, yeah. giving you information you'll want to know, speaking on issues affecting us all, and music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello world, good afternoon, good evening, hey, and welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way, and that's what we do, and uh, my co-host, Ramal Brown's in the house, how we doing, Ramal? Doing well, Bobby, how about yourself? Oh man, pretty good, we got a pretty good show coming up today. Yes, I'm excited. You excited about it? Yes, Yes. Actor Danny Glover and former Berkeley, California Mayor Gus Newport are going to be in here, they're running a little late behind schedule a little bit. Yep. But we got some real good stuff and real good people in the studio as yes, well. Yes, yes. It's a political season, man, so a lot is happening. A lot is moving around the nation, and uh, it's good that to, to see people that are really campaigning within our town around this time because Super Tuesday is tomorrow. So it, it is tomorrow. To so, you know, we want you guys to think about it. You know, yes. when you are vo- and they're voting. Vote for the right person. Yeah, yeah. You know, vote, vote for who the right. You person. believe is the right person, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got to get that man out of here. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and president, he got to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Woo. People do not like his policies and what he's doing. And no. uh, man, it's it's for for what people are saying, you know, in the community and all together. You know, there are some things I don't agree with either, man. Um, is that you know he's just. Just turn the some things, out. yeah, a, a lot, whole lot, a of, lot things of things. I don't agree I say, with. A lot of things, you know, and it's the black vote. If we get out and vote, yeah. like we did for Obama, because mm-hmm. the black vote will decide the vote. Yeah, it will. Yeah. It will decide it. Yeah, you know. So we got to get out and vote, and I think we're going to have a large black voter turnout. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, we want you to do that. You know, don't yeah. sit around the house. Well, yeah, I don't want. You yeah. know, if you don't, if you don't have no vote, if you don't vote, you don't have right. no voice. Right, right, not at all. You man. know how our people. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you definitely want to get up, man. Don't, don't allow anything that's happening on the news or on your Facebook or your social media stop you from voting man because it does really count you know that one vote counts mm-hmm. it does hey what's been going on around town man man so much has been going on yeah, around you town. got a certificate man yes. tell us tell us about that certificate you just got man yeah proud of you bro thank you thank you man it's a uh, program called the black upstart and um it is an amazing program to where they really helped uh a lot of the young entrepreneurs within the community to really thrive uh and so basically they Help us with our ideas, innovate mm-hmm. our ideas, and launches. So, yeah. what did you get out of? Um, so I got man, um, it was a mind shifting experience. So I came in uh, with an idea, of course, radio DJ and all that other stuff, and she was like, "Nope, uh, uh-uh, nope, nope, we're not taking that idea." She was oh, like, really? She said, "You got to solve a problem within the community and come up with an innovation." And so I was like, "Okay." And so, so what was your problem? So my problem was that uh, black biz- black owned businesses within our community don't have the resources to uh, advertise to the community. And so I was like, yeah, we got radio. She's like, nope, you got to think of something else. Yeah, because she knew you were yeah, in that field. Right? Yeah, so uh-huh. she uh, she didn't allow us to do that. So she made us really think. And she, you know, we it was some heated times, but we got through it. And we all came up with our own innovation. So it was a good program. Oh, good, man. I'm proud yeah. of you. Yeah, you yeah. know, whenever we accomplish something yeah. and goals and things like that, yeah. you know, we... 
Got to do more of that. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. So it's happening, man. Man, things are happening around here. Yes, you know, and yes. I just—I mean, there's so much going on, and a lot of input from uh, the community, and mm-hmm. we got a lot of—we got, you know, we got 14 shows here now. Yeah, man, here, that's um, amazing. Yeah, KBOB 89.9. So if you're listening, yeah. keep tuning in. You know, yeah, it started we, with one. It started right here with the Bobby Eaton show. Yeah, it did. And it just grew. You know, when I first launched my show, it was just me in here by myself. Yeah. I was all shy and stuff. Yeah, didn't know yeah. what to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was kicked back and, well... Okay, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. it was like that. But as I grew, I didn't know nothing about radio yeah, at first. Yeah, and that was three and a half, close to four years ago. Yeah, and now I've done a lot of research about it and know a lot of things. Met a lot of jocks and yeah, people and yeah. kind of learned the business. They say sometimes when you become of age, sometimes you got to reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did, reinvented myself. I'm not yeah. going on nobody's road, yeah. playing no bass guitars or none of that kind of stuff. So you're, like not, you're not going to be traveling all the casinos man, and playing please. with Bobby on the front? <laughs> flying like, no, oh, man, you know, <laughs> I put together a little bitty three-piece band. Yeah. That'll be good. Okay. You know, just have some fun, right. you know what I mean, with it. I mean, I've done enough. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I, I really feel that way. Yeah, that's good. You know, but um, hey, we got Eaton Media Services, and we've got Not Forgotten Children, the nonprofit with yeah. Dean Finley, yes. our business partner. That's the man. That's the man right there. You know, so Dean has joined up with us here at Eaton Media Services, and Not Forgotten Children, and we're building the brand. You know, we are for the community and for our people. Yeah, giving them the knowledge and the history and some of the stuff that they need. You know, to have a good, fruitful life. Man, that's, you know? that's so important. It's so important. Really important, man. So we're waiting for actor Danny Glover. But meanwhile, we got some of uh, uh, what I call Tulsa superstars. In Powerhouses. House. Powerhouses. Powerhouses. You know, we got Black Wall Street Times and Edgerick and yeah. World One Development. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. All right. My name is Cormel Jure Padillo. I'm an intern at the Black Wall Street Times and currently a senior at Will Rogers High School. Oh, senior. Oh, yeah. Roper. Yeah. There you go. There you Roper. go. Right, 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 right. And the world famous Edgerick Group and World One Development. Hey, hey, hey. This is Charles Harper, Executive Director of World One Development. I'm always excited to be on uh, the Bobby Eaton Show. Hey, this is Damali Wilson, Executive Director of Operations for World One Development. So we excited to be here. Glad you guys by. are here. Hey, 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 hey. I had to put you all on the spot. I know, know right? I mean? So you know, the impromptu jump you, on the mic. Exactly. <laughs> jump on the mic. So you guys have a show. Yes. Here oh, at yeah. uh, KBOB eighty nine point nine, right. and it's doing well. What do you think? Oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, it gives us an opportunity to talk about things that the community may not know about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our whole platform is there are great things happening in North Tulsa, but a lot of people just don't know what's happening because we're kind of, you know, in our own little world and our own little bubble doing our own little thing. Yeah. And it's great stuff. So we got to get that out. You know? Get yeah. stuff out. Yeah. I love the opportunity to give somebody some news they can use. That's right. Sometimes you get all this news that you can't use. Yeah, that's true. From time to time, it's good for somebody to call you and say, you know what, Bobby? I got some news you can use. (laughs) So I'm having a good time. And your show is on Wednesdays, right? 
Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. right here. And we having a phenomenal time. Yeah. People are tuning in from all over and uh, calling us, texting us, want to come on the show. And I'd be like, look, it's a genius called Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're a genius called Ramon. Right. We, we barely on the boat. Man. <laughs> having a good time. That is too yes, funny right yes. there. That our is. fourth show coming up on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, crazy. that yeah. first show you guys did, you had over a thousand views. Wow, yeah. You know, people just, yeah. I mean, like, bam. Yeah. Tuned in. yeah, they tuned in. But you know why? I think because you guys advertise. We yeah. did. Y'all advertise <laughs> your yeah, show. We, yeah. Overachievers. Yeah. Overachievers. The Molly was, was advertising and I was praying. Yeah. <laughs> right. I said, Lord, Lord. Right, Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> continue get that extra push up there. Right? Yeah. That is too funny. Yeah. So continue on doing what you're doing. You're building a brand, and we're going to be out there. It's going to start warming up. Yes. Oh, yeah. Some things are going to get good. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
yes. and stuff you. like that. So True. we want everybody to come out. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. yes. Come out, have a good time, have some fun, enjoy themselves. Because a lot of times people say, I don't have nothing to do. But when you got something to do, yeah. they don't show yeah, up. You know? yeah. So this is something that you can do. And it's family friendly. Mm-hmm. So you can bring the kids out so they can turn flips and do whatever <laughs> they want to do. But as long as they don't hurt themselves, because, you know, I'm I'm in charge of right, exactly. making sure everybody is safe. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. You guys also have a summer program, right? Yeah, we, but, we do. but coming up sooner than that, What's coming up sooner? we got spring break camp. Yeah. Okay. Spring break camp. You know, people break. waiting to the last minute. They need yeah. a break from them kids. Yes. Bring break meaning and get the kids and get them out the house. Yeah. Don't let them eat your food. They yeah. eat all your food. They sit up and eat up all the food yeah. in the house. Yeah. And play on the PlayStation yeah. all day. All day. Yeah. And we know how to love on them. Uh, we know what to do with them. So, hey, the 16th through the 20th, they'll be right at Edgerick. is yeah. only $50. And that's $60. You forgot the first. Ooh. The early bird. The bird. Yeah, they yeah, missed the early, the early bird. bird special. It's sixty dollars. Early now. bird gets the worm. All yeah. the worms are gone. Yeah. So it went <laughs> they up missed the March first. Okay. You know we talked, Bobby. We were talking about it on our show. We was trying to stick, but we gave them three wins. I got you. Sixty dollars still, and that's breakfast, lunch, activities. We're gonna take them to the Jinx Aquarium. We're gonna have all kind of fun activities. Yeah. Staff. That's pretty it's good. Be right fun, there. but yeah. it's only sixty dollars. You can drop them off with us at nine in the morning. We got them to four. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? We got the right. poor care and yeah. aftercare. So. And that's good to invest in your children. Like that's that. right. You know, yeah. we'll go spend money at Golden Corral and right. all chilies and eat all this food, spend $40, $50 mm-hmm. just in one day. Yep. You know it. what I mean? And, and, yeah. and we can invest in our children and our young people. Right. And if you got yeah. a youngster that needs some volunteer hours, thinking they're going to head to college, if they're at least 16, we're going to have a training next Saturday. The and 14th. it's only from, from the 14th, only 930 Two eleven, and if you come out, you can be a junior trainer, which is no charge, but it gives some kids the opportunity to come out and volunteer, and then they can be part of the spring break camp, eat, yeah. hang out, yeah, get learn leadership skills, college hours, college hours, college yeah. hours. So they sixteen to twenty one. So we got yeah. you covered from five all the way to twenty one. That's good. Fifty four twenty four North Madison right. Avenue. That's where we located. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now I want to ask you about Black Wall Street Times. What is it that you guys got going on right now? You know, uh, you you guys are writing a lot of different stuff, man. I mean, I see it. All these different events, things going on. Uh, how do you guys come up with all of this content? I can't really speak to it as much as Nehemiah can because he's, I would say, he's really the mastermind, mastermind behind most of the things that happen. Mm-hmm. There's no person I know who works as hard as him. As Nehemiah? Yeah, 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 I know. Well, hey, Nehemiah just came through the door. Maybe he can come over here and get on one of these microphones mm-hmm. and uh, kind of explain Black Wall Street Times to our listeners, you know. So he just came. I'll put him on the spot. Right. You know, You know, Bobby, and I'll insert this. So Nehemiah what? used to work over at Edgerick with our kids doing spring break camp That's and summer right. camp. Yeah. 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 So we all family. We all family in the neighborhood. Yeah, right, right, we exactly. All family, yeah. family. All family in the okay. Yes. Great, great. Yeah. Tell us, Nehemiah, how you got started with Black Wall Street Times. Uh, so how did I get started with Black Wall Street Times? I pretty much pulled the money out of my own bank account. That's how I got started with the Black Wall Street Times. Um, I saw a need. Um, black media wasn't didn't really have a loud presence on social media. And so I wanted to fill that gap, and that's pretty much what we did. And you've done a great job. Yes, I, I must say, you've done a fantastic – you've grown the brand and done a great job. And, you know, it's something that we talk about over here all the time is that we don't have enough black media. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And the small here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we only got a few little little small black media companies who are needing funds and needing this. And I believe that this is my belief. Now, don't y'all beat me up behind it. <laughs> I believe when things happen in our community, anything good, bad, whatever, they should come to black media first. I, that's what I believe. But we'll run off. Some of us will just run off to the big boys right. and all the white media, and we'll tell them all the stories, and we'll have to catch it on TV ourselves or someone telling us what's going on. But I believe you need to support your black media platforms first, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why over here, you know, we blackity blackity black over here, <laughs> you know. That's that's just a you know. I mean, I'm being real about it. So you need to support your black media. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby, since I've been in black media, I've learned um, I've really learned the difference between how we report the news and how just general America or white America mm-hmm. reports the news. And um, I was kind of troubled how uh, we just had the ju- the Justice Julius, uh, the, the yeah, Justice Julius, Julius, Julius Jones, Jones right, right. Uh, event at Vernon. And mm-hmm. I noticed how um, the headlines were you know, were slanted in a way to where, you know, the broader folks that would see it would probably question if this black man who's been on death row for 20 years is actually innocent. So, yeah, and he is innocent. Yeah, I agree. You know, I I just feel that, you know, tell our listeners about the case for those who don't know. Um, Well, Julius Jones, he's been on death row for about 20 years. Um, for a crime where all evidence points to um, a friend of his named Christopher Jordan, um, whose fingerprints and DNA happens to be everywhere. Julius Jones never got into the um, to the suburban that was stolen from the murdered victim, and um, he's been on. He doesn't even match the description. I probably I think that's probably the right. biggest evidence is that the uh, the victim. Uh, his sister happened to be in the car when her um, her brother was shot, and she gave the description that the uh, murderer actually had long hair that was sticking out, um, and that happened to match the uh, description of Christopher Jordan. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Dang. wow, that's crazy. That. That's crazy. Yeah. So, to, so how how can we support the Julius Jones project? Like, how can we support that? Uh, well. I- You don't have to make anything up. You can just uh, download it and, you know, adjust it to your likings and send it to Governor's Tit. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm I'm pretty sure there's there's several um, inmates on death row who are innocent, mm-hmm. African-American males, mm-hmm. and got caught up and, you know, in the system. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Julius Jones called in um, to the church the other night. Yeah. And um, I asked him, I, I knew the question, uh, the answer to the question, but I wanted, you know, other folks to hear. There was other media companies that were there as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked him if he thought any of the people that had been murdered since he'd been incarcerated um, were killed and or if, if any of those people were innocent. And he said, yes, I do think that a few of them. And so the Equal Justice Initiative actually, um, their studies show that one in nine death wow. row inmates are actually innocent. Wow. And Julius 
said that there's been 40 people that have been executed in Oklahoma since he's been on death row. And if you think about that, that's like, well, somewhere between three to five people could possibly be innocent. It's horrible to think that that happens. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of crazy right there, huh? So, so I mean, but is is there a change within the systems that are like changing the, uh, I guess how the how the policies are? Because I know that th- now there's a lot of celebrities, rappers, and you know just people in general. Like the um, what's her name? Uh, the Kanye West's wife, uh, Kim Kardashian. Kim, yeah. Kim Kardashian. Kim K. Like, uh, there are a lot of people fighting Kim for K. these di- different types of policies that are happening within jail and trying to help people to be free. Do you see a trend in people getting free from you know those? Those accusations? I mean, I see like one or two people getting free. It's not mad. I don't really see a lot of um, policies being changed when it comes to um, the death penalty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know for five years we weren't executing people because there was a botched um, Mm -hmm. execution where, you know, the person died horribly. Yeah. Screaming, uh, my body's on fire. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. um, Dang, really? That's crazy, isn't it? That's real crazy. Horrible. Wow. Yeah. And I think this can imagine. probably because um, World One Development News, you can use. We attended. You know, we talked we about did. that right here. We had Nehemiah come in with us live. And so we went out to attend just to get more information, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to be more informed. Yeah. And just to find out he was graduating in the top 10% of his class. He was on a scholarship yeah. at the University of Oklahoma wow. and doing academic all those great scholarship. academic yeah. scholarships. And, um, and, and just listen. To get caught up like that, huh? Right. Mm-hmm. And right. with Governor Sitt you know, deciding to re-implement, you know, this um, lethal injection. I mean, he's talking about starting the schedule, what, 150 days? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the and urgency. That was about 30 days ago when he said that. That right. was about 30 days ago. So now. 120 but, days. Yeah. 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 So we got to get out. We got to get out. We did our petition. We sent it in, and we're encouraging others to do that as well. Right. And and we need to do that, you know. Yeah. You know, and I'll, and I'll just say that, you know, listening to Julius speak, um, I loved his spirit. You know, because, you know, he is in isolation. Hmm. Um, I I had read one report, which was a while back, that said he hadn't seen outside for 14 years. But he did clarify in the conversation and said that he had been out, you know, a couple weeks ago. two months. Um, Yeah. Yeah, He hadn't been outside for two months. For two months? For two months. So, you know, it's been less. But, you know, I mean, so to be in that place knowing that you are innocent, right. you know, and you've maintained your innocence the entire time. You've never, you know, wavered and said, okay, no, really, y'all, I made that up. I, I really was there, right. you know, because people usually cave after a while. Yeah, right. He's never wavered. Um, one of the things that he said that really struck me was he talked about how he was mad at God mm. for, a, for a season yeah. um, because he was like, you know, why did you do this to me? Why did you allow this to happen to me? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but then, you know, he's now, you know, uh, readjusted his life, got his mind back together. And, you know, he's just like, you know, I'm good. You know, I'm in a good place. You know, I, I appreciate everybody for, you know, rooting for me and fighting for me, you know, because it gives me strength. Mm-hmm. now to keep you know keep the yeah, faith and to yeah. keep the courage you yeah, know yeah, to yeah. keep walking this walk you know he feels like there's something that he is teaching people or showing people you know mm-hmm. he's kind of on a mission yeah. and i thought that was big yeah, you know I what i mean powerful. yeah it's yeah, very powerful yeah. Yeah. real powerful yeah yeah wow well we're gonna take a little break for a minute and we're gonna come right back you on the bobby eaton show where we tell our stories our way so we want you to stick around and we'll be right back right Okay. 
perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community. The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the grassroots economic development fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to the Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Hi, I'm Denise Parker with Midtown Embroidery. We do it all from any type of promotional, from screen printing, embroidery, school uniforms, Greek lettering, workwear, monogramming. There's no job too big or too small and no location too far. Let us be your one-stop shop. We're located at 2808 East 15th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74104. Our phone number is 918-982-3254. Our email address is denise.tulsamidtown at gmail.com. Thank you. Theater North presents The Face of Emmett Till, directed by Dr. Rodney L. Clark at the Tulsa Performing Arts Center at the Liddy Dungeons Theater, March 1st and 8th, 2020 at 3 p.m. and March 7th, 2020 at 8 p.m. This is his story told by his mother's words. Visit our website right now at www.tulsapac.com or call 918-596-7111. This is a story that you don't want to miss. The Face of Emmett Hill, directed by Dr. Rodney L. Clark. Be there. Radio show bringing the liveest people on our show. Tulsa's top chefs, music artists, and entrepreneurs sit down exclusively with the Juice. rocking with the best. The Juice Radio Show, Tulsa. Right about now, let's go. Find them on Facebook, the Two Dogs Sports Talk. A place sports talk is talked about from a fan's point of view. North Tulsa's very own sports talk on 89.9 FM and Facebook Live with Drone and Yo. KBOB, the home of the Bobby Eaton Show, the Juice Radio Show, and Two Dogs Radio Show. Yeah. I do it big. Okay. You better R-E-S-P-E-C-T me. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Stay connected and call us now at 646-716-5525 and press 1 to go live. It's the Juice Radio Show, bringing the liveest people on our show. Tulsa's top chefs, music artists, and entrepreneurs sit down exclusively with the Juice. rocking with the best. The Juice Radio Show, Tulsa. All right, we are back here on KBOB 89.9 FM. But Maul said I was playing too many drops. <laughs> <laughs> running commercials <laughs> like crazy. Uh, running commercials like crazy. welcome. Yeah. No, I'm messing with you. Though. This is where we tell our stories. <laughs> all the way. We push the buttons. We, we want to push. Right, yeah, right. Oh, give me the and how many times? We had about five more to go. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. I don't know what station yeah. I listen to. Station we listen to. How are we doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good, Bobby. I got to remember. What's your name again? Uh, Victor Lukerson. That's what. Right, yeah. right, right. And yeah. you wanted to say. Oh, yeah, so uh, I'm new to Tulsa, but I'm writing a book, a history book about Greenwood. Yeah, a book. You're writing that book. Yeah, right. a history book about uh, Greenwood, a narrative nonfiction book. 
uh, about the community and not just trying to focus on the massacre, but what happened to Greenwood both before and after that. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to focus on the entrepreneurship and um, camaraderie to help the community, but then also some of the systems that were involved in undermining it. Okay. Um, yeah. How long have you been working on this book? So officially been working on the book for about uh, six months, but I actually came to Tulsa. Oh, you just started six months ago. Yeah, huh? but I, I wrote a feature story about Black Wall Street okay. uh, for a website I used to work for called The Ringer. So I visited Tulsa in 2018 for the first time. And you're from oh. where? Uh, from I was from Atlanta before. Atlanta, ATL. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. we were just down there not too long ago. Yeah. Okay, okay. We took the Juice Radio Show down there. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Man, we had a ball down in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. It's a lot yeah. of fun to have you had down there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of information. So so talk about the book that you are, you know, writing and, and producing right now. Like, what's the research like for you at this moment with within Tulsa? Yeah, so a lot of it, like I said, it's going to be a pretty comprehensive historical book. So I'm starting with statehood and sort of the experiences of the Native American freedmen, um, a lot of folks here know, but a lot of folks in Atlanta other places don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of black people were in the Native American tribes, um, even at the time of the Trail of Tears, and came to Oklahoma with the Native Americans and ended up having a lot of their land taken via faulty contracts, via uh, attacks, via... I've been looking through a lot of old newspaper articles and old land records, actually, and sort of seeing the way that those... Um, that stepped happened, you know? Yeah. So, so a lot of what I'm trying to do is sort of like we all know sort of big picture how these things happen, but I'm trying to find these are the details, details. of individual people yeah. who were wronged um, really via the system. Because the crazy thing about it is none of it was really illegal. A lot of it, a lot of it was sanctioned by the government and by the systems we had at the time. So I'm sort of trying to look at how those systems have uh, perpetuated over time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's interesting, man. So you started writing this book six months ago and now you, how far along are you? Not as far as I need to be. <laughs> when do you think you're going to be able to finish it? Uh, my deadline with my publisher is uh, June 21, so right, right after the centennial stuff. Okay. And the idea is to sort of end it. I mean, there's sort of a question about when to try to get this done, and one idea was to try to get it done for the centennial. That makes a lot of sense sales-wise, to be honest. But I wanted to be able to, A, have enough time to do all the research, and also to incorporate what actually happens at that time. Because oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of concern right now that after the centennial happened, everyone's just going to forget about Tulsa and Greenwood and the issues in the black community. Right. Yeah, we had right. talked about that. You know, what happens when this is all over with? Right, you know? right. After this, everybody comes here and they go back to their perspective, homes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where do we stand? Right. Yeah. And those who of us who live here right. in this community. And one thing that I've been kind of concerned about is I would love to see a lot of black entrepreneurs get together a uh, little mom and pop pop up tents or whatever you may have, uh, be able to make some of this economic finances that are going to take place here because we know that uh, the hotels and Blue Dome districts right. and all of them going to capitalize on right. all of this money. Right, right. you no know doubt. they're going to do it now. Right, so you guys who are listening, start getting your stuff together right now to sell your merchandise, ladies with the jewelry, uh, uh, produce, or whatever you may have to sell mm-hmm. to, to, to reap some of this yeah. income, you yeah. know, right. because if you don't make any money during the centennial, it's your fault. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And generally, when people travel, that's the stuff they look for. Uh-huh. When I go to New York, I'm looking for the food trucks. When I right, go to exactly. Sydney, I'm looking. That's what people look for because generally it's more authentic mm-hmm. than going to anything that's commercial, yeah. commercialized. And another that. thing, it's going to be people coming here with food trucks and coming here with all kind of merchandise from other cities. Mm-hmm. Right. They're going to be driving down right. and yeah. bringing their stuff so they right. can sell it at the Juneteenth festivals and all of this stuff that's going on. It's like I go, I walk down Greenwood, like it was just yesterday that I was walking down Greenwood and I saw families, like people are driving from all over America to come. And it was people that actually, uh, they spoke in sign language. So, I mean, even all communities, Mm -hmm. all forms of people, And no matter what the disability is of their mm-hmm. of their life, they're coming to understand and get a better perspective. Yeah, yeah. You know, me and uh, my business partner Dean Finley, we go down to the coffee shop down there every day. Yeah. And when people come from out of town, we go to Wanda J's, we go to Black Wall Street Tees, we holler at Tory over there and Latoya Rose, everybody. Yeah. yeah. You know, we just kind of make our rounds around up in yeah. there. And so when 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 that happens, we can give the story. And tell the story yeah. to to people. I mean, they congregating real heavy at Black Wall Street Liquid Lounge yeah. next to Lefty. Yeah, right. yeah. So I mean, we're down there telling a story that needs to be told. And I think that's the challenge for a lot of people. They come and walk the one block of mm-hmm. what is the building. And yeah. That's pretty much it. All the story that they get, so they they really don't get the explanation of everything that's happening and the things that are happening today within the community and the fights that we're fighting today to to continue the legacy of Black Wall Street yeah. all together. So it's good to have you guys down there. It's good that more day. people need to right. come down. You know, know yeah, the story. Exactly right. yeah. Who can tell yeah. the, my dad be down there telling the history. Yeah. We be all down there yeah. telling the history, you know, because some people know some of it, but they tell it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. you know, it's good when you know exactly what happened. Right. And what I appreciate about your book as well is that, you know, the law was passed that they must teach children within Oklahoma about the uh, 1921 massacre. Right. And so more material that's coming out that even goes deeper than just what we see in movies and other things like that. But to understand that there were, you know, Native Americans like we all have some some type of Native American, you know, bloodline within us, you know, and the fact that some aren't uh, reaping maybe some of the benefits of that, you know, altogether. Mm-hmm. So that is a challenge for a lot of us. And that perspective of the story is very important for us to know. Yeah. You know? Very important yeah. for us to know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, no, that's what's going on. So I think it's, I think okay. it's, it's important. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yeah. So we want that. Hey, we're going to, y'all want to take another break? Sure. Take another break right. and we're going to be right back. You're on the, we're on the Bobby Eaton show where we tell our stories our way. We give a voice to the voiceless. So we'll be right back.
will soon be here. As we wait for the arrival of actor Danny Glover and former Berkeley, California mayor Seth Newport will be here. So we just kind of hanging out, but we got some superstars, you know, on the microphone. Uh, Black Wall Street Time, along with Charles and Damali from Edgerick them. So, so we got a we got a party going on Thursday, right? Well, let me get let me get you in the mix. Okay, yeah, yeah, we got a party going going on. Edgerick Youth and Family Fun Center is celebrating seven years. We fired up and excited about it. It's going to be next Thursday from four thirty to six thirty. We gonna have uh, Ramal there kicking it off with the juice. Yes, yes. We gonna have juice some radio juice show, radio, huh? some grub. Oh, yeah. And for the people, you gotta remember this week before spring break, so you can get a free cut. Tulsa Tech Barber is gonna be out there. The cosmetologist is gonna be out there doing manicures. We gonna have food. We gonna be having an awesome time. Man, it's gonna be so, great, isn't it? You better come on out. It's gonna be like a festival. You see, out there. I know what y'all's parties is like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I already know. So it's gonna be good. So um, the vision of Edurek was by Pastor Melvin Cooper, right? The one and only, the man, the myth, the man. <laughs> how did it come about, man? Tell our audience how did it come about. Uh, Bishop Melvin Cooper and First Lady Joyce Cooper always had a vision to have something positive to go on in North Tulsa because they felt like it was just not a lot going on and not a good, safe environment to go into. So they wanted to create this Edurek Youth and Family Fund Center. One thing that means it's for all. And we do after-school programs that run the entire school year. We follow TPS schedule. We do spring break. We do summer camp. It's not a movie cinema in North Tulsa. So we got a mini movie cinema out yeah, there. Yeah. We got yeah. a football field. We got baseball. We got basketball. We got a walk trail. We got right. counseling agencies on site, uh, like Prima Donna and some of those people. Crossover Prep Academy is located out there. So that was another good thing that um, none of the TPS schools would let them use in these vacant buildings. And they came to us three weeks before school started. So that's what we was there for. We got that opened up. So they'll be in our facility this year and next year. Yeah. So just having a, a lot of good things going on and it's focusing on education. Right? right, right. I know during the summertime, we have that back to school bash. Wow. And last year we gave, how many backpacks do we give away? A thousand backpacks. We gave away a thousand backpacks. Yeah, and, you- and people were all down out around the fence <laughs> line down there. We all lined yeah, up. It was all lined up. Yes. And we were out there like, wow, look at all these people. Going on to let you know it was a need. Yeah, you know it was I mean? a it was need all for a need. And, and, and for everybody that came out, I mean, it was Oklahoma Community Support Coalition. That's what it was. Need Media, supporters of family with sickness. We collaborated yeah. together yeah. Yeah. to do some See, good. When we get together, we can do stuff. Things happen. You know, things, things happen, happen when we get together. You know, at a whole nother level. Yeah, man. Right. Unity. It's all about unity within the community to make things really pop, man. And Edgerick has done a phenomenal job at just, like, curating it all and getting everybody together on, on one page, you know? So it's just phenomenal what Edgerick yeah. is doing. I believe, you yeah. know, when you educate our people and you give them the knowledge that they need in their everyday lives mm-hmm. and build their esteem up. Yep. Right. When you're building esteem... Then people yeah. feel good. Yep, right. You know, feel bad. It's kind of like if you've been out there working in the dirt and all of that, and you just dirty, and you take that shower. Right. Yeah. You know how you feel mm-hmm. after you done took that shower and you done put on that deodorant and right, stuff. Right. You smell it. Mm, so you fresh, know, so clean, it's clean. So, yeah, right. So <laughs> that's so important to a steam bill. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of mm-hmm. times I think uh, some of our community we live in uh, areas where the depression is kind of so heavy mm-hmm. that we just we engulf in some negative behavior, mm-hmm. and we just need to upload, uplift those 
or in that behavior yeah. and mm-hmm. try to pour something into their spirit. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of big thing too, Bobby, at Edgerick is perception. You know, a lot of times people roll in the talks and they think when they get north that it's going to be bad or be negative, and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. We had an astronaut at Edgerick last Monday. Yeah, I know. From I know, from NASA. Wow. Yeah, so the Space Foundation came out, and that astronaut came out with his whole entire team and had a good thing. Here's, here's the ticket, though, Bobby. After that, he was so excited. He said, this is the best energy I've felt in Tulsa. And and not just that, maybe even around the country. He said the kids were engaging. Um, they they asked awesome questions. Mm-hmm. And he was, you can tell he was amazed. Yeah. Like he didn't want to leave. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. shout out to Damali. You know, she mm-hmm. always doing something live on Facebook. She probably yeah. doing something the same. <laughs> Damali right there, huh? But um, yeah. she engaged, introduced, she spent time. Yeah. It was I call her, she's a servant. Yes, yeah, you is. know she's always yeah, serving and doing level. something always. at the highest level. Oh, even at the White House. She yeah, was, <laughs> she, yeah. She was, so you guys just went to the White House. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I mean, a week or two weeks now. About three weeks. Three ago. weeks ago, you guys were at the White House. Tell me what you think. What did you think of it? You know what? The thing about, Y'all was on the inside of the White we House. We was on the inside of the White House, yeah. and that's a different. I had never been, and different. it was it was a different totally field, different. different place. But um, our purposeful for going where we were able to connect with other people working around the nation. And because of the things that we was doing right here in North Tulsa, they invited us out, you know, and mm-hmm. no expense to us to go to talk about our programs here, which is Edgerick and events and then fitting mm-hmm. back in and some of the other things that we do. And we were amazed, Bobby, once we got there, they got like a little checklist. And it was probably 14 other people sitting around the table. But guess who hit all 10 of the things? Well, on the y'all checklist? were hitting it all. I know. Oh, I was smiling because, you know, sometimes you're working hard. You don't even know if you're doing it all right. You're just doing the best that you can. Mm-hmm. So to, to know that we was on the right track, doing the right thing was good. And it's because of the partnerships. We can't take the credit. We just the sum total yeah. of a right. lot of good things going on. You know, and what I'll say about that, Bobby, is for for me, um, going to the White House, was it was huge um, in that, you know, I've been to the White House before because my daughter went to Kip. Mm-hmm, and one right. of their uh, field trips, their, her fifth grade field trip was to go to the White House. Um, and so when we went, we were on the visitation side. So where you go and do the little tours and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But to actually be on the other side where the business is taking place. Wow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a totally different thing. And I remember walking down the halls, these long, weren't they? those long, oh, the halls man. were so long. And I remember thinking, man. You know, I was able to get here from just working hard, being mm-hmm. humble, trying to help and serve my community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And somebody saw something in me to be able to say, hey, we want you guys to be able to, you know, tag along with us because you guys are making a difference mm-hmm. in what you're doing. You know, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and so that was just huge yeah. um, to me, you know, to, to be able to just be able to experience. And, and also realizing that. You're standing on the shoulders of others who came before that's you. That's it. Most mm-hmm. important. You know, mm-hmm. you know, most importantly that right. did things before you. So I'm always saying that, you know, a lot of times we get egos and we that's people right. get into themselves. It's all about me, 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 me. But they forget it wouldn't be about you. Right. <laughs> you know, Somebody, if it hadn't been for some others that's right. who made it to where you can get to where you're at right now. Right. That's, that's what, what uh, and the thing about it, we was there during a unique time because it was during yeah. the State of the Union Union address. Yeah. Right. It yeah. was during this impeachment situation. So we yeah. were at the White House during that time and 
right, Bobby. I was thinking about the people back in Tulsa. So you know we exactly. went live. Yeah, I know you, know, you we did. We went live and yeah. took pictures. So it was Secret Service agents. It took about Everywhere. 30 minutes to get in. They was like crawling from underground on top of buildings. <laughs> yeah. It was so many important people. <laughs> you know, NBC during that time. Yeah, so everybody was nervous. And then yeah. I said, Damali, get that camera out. Because I don't know when we're going to get back. We're going to get back. Yeah. 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 I saw some of those photos. Yes. Yeah. 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 Guys. Well, hey, I'm proud of you guys. Thank you went on your trip. You accomplished your goal. You did what was necessary and good. You know, it's good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So as we're in the political season, yes. have you guys decided kind of like uh, who you, which direction you're going and who you're going with? Are you just still kind of thinking about it? I'm still filling people out. I've decided. You decided who, who you're going with? Bernie. You're going with Bernie? Bernie or Bus. And there got to be a Bernie reason. Or bus. <laughs> and there's a reason why you're going with Bernie. And tell us. His platform. First, he's for Medicare for All. The first two big things is Medicare for All and eliminating all college loan debt and then free public college for all. I think those three issues are very important for not even just me, like, of course, you know, healthcare issues for everybody. And a lot of people, my mother, for example, having college debt that cripples her and other millennials and people becoming in my age, people graduating soon like me. And it's a situation where in which if he was going against like Donald Trump, what could Trump say against someone who has a history of being completely honest and fighting for these things? And even if you're a Republican, you still deal with medical bills. You still deal with your children having college debt. So even if Donald Trump calls him a crazy socialist or a crazy communist, other countries do this. There's evidence that it works. And while Trump lies, Bernie Sanders has – policy proposals and they completely written out how he's going to pay for it on his website wow yeah so mm-hmm. how, how old are you 18 okay so you're registered to vote yes that's awesome but yeah. shout out to the millennials yeah. that are registered yeah. to vote yeah, yeah. i need to get them in there Reg- yeah register to vote yeah. i remember i've been at it a long time long time. long but probably even since in my lifetime so right. the so, so let me ask you this like um uh bernie versus um uh the uh the vice president with um mm-hmm. President Obama, Biden. Uh, Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. So like those two are like in the runnings right now, and you know the the challenges. And so what is it that you're not so uh, favorite of mm-hmm. uh, Joe Biden? Well, okay, with Joe Biden, for example, let's take his recent win in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Of course, the news have been talking about this is a big thing. Bernie Sanders won the last three states. In South Carolina, the last statistic I heard is about seventy percent of the voters are actually over age forty-five, which is where Bernie hurts the most. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders gets a lot of younger voters, specifically bef- younger than 45. And Bernie Sanders has a movement. With Joe Biden, for example, there's many, he has ran for president three times and lost. There's many instances where in which he's said, for like right now, his, um, like the scandals he has about like touching women and being very, very creepy. Number two, the crime bill. The crime bill in the, in the um, 90s. There is countless clips of him talking about that and also talking about cutting Social Security and Medicaid. Mm -hmm. And so there's videos in the attack ad to write themselves for those things, not to mention his um, being on stage and starting to slip up and him saying things wrong and talking about lies like he walked. He was went to see Nelson Mandela recently. That's recently been a lie. He talked about seeing Nelson Mandela and getting arrested with the U.N. ambassador, Mm. a United States ambassador, which was proven wrong of course but these are the type of things we see coming out of him and if he's going against trump trump for all he is wrong at he is a good politician he ran circles around hillary clinton in many ways yeah yeah i think he won't do that to biden yeah 
He got skill. He got skill. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't give Trump no credit for nothing. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. just going to be honest with you. Yeah, because I think you know, we got more votes. Then you get like a yeah. million more sure votes. More the popular that. votes. Yeah. You got all the delegates yeah. and stuff like that. But right. I don't give him credit. For nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just needs to sit down. And, and I try to listen sit to down, the end. Take a seat. Because with, with, with media, like eating media service, you never know mm-hmm. where a smoking gun. You never know when news, breaking news, and somebody say something, it just changes the whole landscape of everything. That's true. Right. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, Bernie got some, he got some points. And uh, what do you guys think about Bloomberg? Bloomberg. Anybody can comment mm-hmm. on what do you think about, okay, Biden, Bloomberg, you know. Yeah, I think I think Warren, I think she just on the attack on everybody. Man. Yeah. She just she's exactly. on she's on the attack. Yeah, she's right. just busting everybody, yeah. just talking about everybody. Firing and, shots at everyone. And mm-hmm. I'm not a big Bloomberg fan. I mean, I respect the fact that he came in town and you know gave the Greenwood Greenwood initiative. initiative. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is a good initiative, but. At the same time, I listen to the people. I listen to where where you're actually from, and there's a lot of people. Like I would rather hear word of mouth than just a commercial for me. And word of mouth is saying a lot of people in New York are just like, nah, man, don't do that. Because there were some people that had came from Oklahoma um, and had uh, worked in the um, Trump administration. And I actually knew about the work that that person was doing here in Oklahoma. I was like, nah, that's not the right person to send to the nation. That's not the right person. And so I always listen to word of mouth and what other people have to say that actually have to live that experience at home. So it's just like for Bloomberg. I mean, he's cool. I respect him, but it just, I was like, it's not my choice. Um, Where are you going? Who are you going um, with? Man, me, honestly, I'm, I'm going for Bernie as well. Yeah. Man. Like I, okay. I feel that. And then I also like, um, uh, the young lady, uh, she dropped out. No, 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 not, not Klobuchar. Oh, okay. Um, Who are you talking about? Uh, the young lady. Who? No, 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 no. She's no. still in the race. The uh, older lady. You're talking about Liv- Elizabeth Warren? Warren? Yeah, Elizabeth Warren. I do like her as well, but her is out of her and Bernie Sanders. But Bernie Sanders, I think that, you know, there's a lot of, honestly, it's, it's the fact that a lot of supporters that I, you know, support, a lot of influencers that support him. So it's like they must know something deeper than what I've studied personally. You know what I'm saying? So there's more that I do have to research and study, but I think Bernie for yeah. me. And I think you should do your research before you decide to just go in there and vote for somebody. Yeah. Don't vote for anybody for any popularity contest, yeah. but yeah. vote for what they stand for. Right. You know, and that's what you need to know. Because I do know? have to grow in politics. Like, that's not my lane. That's yeah. not something that, you know, I just sit and study. But, mm-hmm. you know, I. But you got to know who you're voting for. Definitely, definitely. And that's, you know, that's you, what you know, I go into. Is I hate to see people go in there and check a box. That they don't know they anything don't know. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Just check right. a box. Yeah. Just to for just to check one. That's what I you like know? about local politics a little bit more, like the people in your Well, it's more it's, it's more important. I can know yeah. what you do prior to going in office. Yeah. You know, you just get a better feel, you know, because what you do before you go in office is what you will do more of once you get in office. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I have to just kind of listen, because like I say, if they say breaking news, yeah. the whole landslide could just change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think if they say so, breaking news. news yeah. 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 I was going to say, I think, especially when we talked about, um, like, don't go in and checking boxes and don't go for a popularity contest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Interesting thing. Exactly. Is I talk about, like, it's easy for us, like, people who are in local politics and are in this and listen very closely to judge other people who don't know as much or vote Mm -hmm. will we view view as wrong. But Mm -hmm. to be completely honest, for example, like, I'm a high school student. I have Mm -hmm. a lot of free time. 
Yeah. I can sit, <laughs> I can sit around and just listen to politics all day. But if someone's working two jobs, they got kids, you know, mm-hmm. they don't have time to look at the news twenty four seven. Right. So they just listen to CNN, hop in, hop out, and that's what they get their opinion from. That's right. So mm-hmm. I think it's the job of like people like us and local media and yeah, local, local media, and that's what we need, you yeah. know. So Absolutely. that's right. We're gonna take a little short pause for the calls, and we're gonna uh, come right back. You on KBOB eighty nine point nine FM Community Radio.
want you to uh, tell a family member, tell a friend in the studio, Mr. Danny Glover. How are we doing there, sir? All right, sir. How are you? How are you doing, man? All right. Well, welcome to Tulsa, home of Black Wall Street. Okay. And uh, I'm just glad you're here and in the building. All right. Yeah, well, we're going to make it happen. And we got Farmer Berkeley uh, Mayor Gus Newport. How are we doing there, sir? Fine, thank you. Glad great, great, here. great. You guys are on the campaign trail for uh, Bernie Sanders, right? Yes, sir. Yes, right. Sir. So tell us a little bit about what you've been, you know, everybody know about your acting abilities and stuff like that. But tell us about what hooked you up with Bernie. I'm, I'm gonna let Gus go first. You go ahead, Gus. Gus has, go ahead, go. It, turn his turn his mic sideways there for me, Ramal. Yep. There we go. All right, Gus. All right. I was a mayor of Berkeley from 1979 to 1986. Berkeley, when I got elected, became the first city to invest from South Africa. In 1981, Bernie Sanders was elected the mayor of Burlington, Vermont. And we used to be called to the eastern universities like MIT and Harvard and places to talk about our approach to public policy because we were really into rebuilding cities from the bottom up. Bernie and I became very close friends. When we used to go to the conference on mayors, which I was on the advisory committee, he, Dennis Kucinich, the mayor of Cleveland, and Harold Washington, the mayor of Chicago, used to mm-hmm. all get together and just didn't pay attention to the other 500 or so mayors that were just talking BS or whatever else. But I got to know Bernie then. Berkeley in the 60s, Went to the University of Chicago. He was the co-chair of CORE, Congress of Racial Equality. Yeah, CORE. He uh, was constantly getting arrested, fighting on behalf of upgrading public education in Chicago. Bernie grew up in um, Brooklyn, hard area of Brooklyn. His mm-hmm. family came from Poland. They escaped the Holocaust. And um, he used to, in the summers, go to Israel to the kibbutz and come back. But Bernie became quite an activist, and I was very involved and taken by the way he rebuilt Burlington, Vermont. Burlington was a poor working-class city. Bernie put together the greatest staff I've ever seen, used community land trusts to create affordable housing, which was first created by Mahat Gandhi to, to take care of people who were victims of the caste system. He rebuilt the shoreline, worked with the university and whatever, and we continue to stay very much involved. His wife, Jane Sanders, a PhD, did a lot of early childhood development stuff and higher educational stuff. Rebuilt several universities, and Danny and I have been on campaigns with her and built. So I know from the ground up who Bernie is. Mm-hmm. We're at a time when this country is very much in need of absolute change. Yeah, yeah. We've been without a real movement for some 30 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you must understand, I yeah. came out of the movement. I'm Marsha Martin. I was with Malcolm four days before wow. he got assassinated. I helped build wow. the organization of Afro-American unity. Mm. So I know what it is. I want my granddaughter to have a better life than I have. She's a, 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 a sophomore at Loyola in uh, New Orleans now. Every time I need something fixed, like a computer, yeah. myself, <laughs> I go to this 19-year-old. Yeah, right. She says to me, Papa, you've been all over the world. You've done everything. Yeah. You're four years older than baseball. How come you don't know this? Wow, show? wow. <laughs> what wow. What can I tell you? Uh, and me man. and Danny Glover have been into this stuff for 40 years. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, good, I, good. I, yeah. I, 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 I wanted um, Gus to talk because it gives some sort of context to my own history as well. Mm-hmm. Um uh, when I, uh, uh, just before, when I gr- 
finished school at San Francisco State. I was part of that 1968 strike, and I, student strike in 1968 that brought about the uh, School of Ethnic Studies. I, I came and did a planning internship at the Berkeley City Planning Department, and I went from there to the Office of Community Development and Model Cities program in San Francisco. Model Cities. Model yeah. Cities. I was yeah. a part of that uh, in its first years in San Francisco. So one of the things that I've always been interested aside from just public education, is that also what happens in the, in, in the framework of of of, of city city governments mm-hmm. and, and public policy and that and that's where things happen at that particular level. You see yeah. things that happen. Right. I think they're going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and the choices are made at that level level level. I live in a city that's been heavily gentrified. Mm. San Francisco, California. I was yeah, born and yeah. raised there. My mother and my father settled there right after the war. He was discharged from the army. And so I have some sort of context through my own life what it, the, the, the traditional or historic black community looked like, the Fillmore. Fillmore, yeah. They oh, yeah. to Fillmore as Harlem West mm-hmm. and everything. So there's some sort of context that I have saying the struggles in order to slow down not stop, but slow down redevelopment, which is now referred to gentrification. At least people had a voice yeah. in terms of, of redevelopment. Mm-hmm. The organization like the Western District Community Organization, those are organizations that I went to as a young adult, you know, when I was 22, 21, 22 years old, and kind of watched that process. So I, I get that, 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 so Bernie comes from that vantage point around local development around the participation or the voices that people have within the structures that are most immediate to them, okay. city governments. Okay. So when we, we talked about supporting them, it's because of all supporting Bernie in his effort to, to, to not only unseat Donald Trump, but uh, also to be the city in the White House itself. We, th- we think about it from that vantage point. What are the ways in which local, because we're going to have to think local in a lot of ways. What are the ways in which local development can be enhanced by a president who knows about it and works through it and has it as first-hand knowledge of that? You know, there are a lot of things that, that we can talk about. When we talk about what affects people's personal life, what affects their life directly, is right happens in their, in their own community, on their own backyard, in their own block and everything else. Man, that's interesting right there because, you know, gentrification is something that's very serious and it's happening in our communities across the United States Absolutely. of America. You know. I mean, it's taking place everywhere. Yeah. Even right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where you're at right now, a lot of the structures, uh, urban uh, renewal, which is urban removal, that's right. you yeah. know, yeah. that's that, that exactly. basically yeah. what it is, yeah. urban yeah. removal. Yeah. And they come into our communities, and a lot of businesses come over here. They don't ask the community what yeah. the community wants. They yeah. want to do what they right. want. So they tear down all of your historical buildings. Mm-hmm. They build freeways through things. I mean, right. they just destroy your history that you need to pass right. down to your children. Yeah. And it becomes the kids ride around. They don't see all they see is empty lands and old mm-hmm. broke down buildings. Mm-hmm. And so that gentrification destroys. It destroys a lot. It takes away the culture. My daddy often says we didn't lost our soul, you know, mm-hmm. S-O-U-L, mm-hmm. you know, and when you start losing your soul, as far as, you know, James Brown's soul, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, your soul in your community. Yeah. Because I remember a time, man, when, uh, in this community, the where my grandmother got sick, mm-hmm. 
you know, Miss Williams bring a pot of greens and put mm-hmm. it on her store. He, she, here, baby. And I grab it, put on Miss Jones will bring some cornbread. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was a community. Now we, we, it took a village to raise right. a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so things have changed so much. You know, and it's 2020. I remember core. I remember some of the things because I'm kind of in that age bracket a little bit. But I remember when blacks were unified and had more uh, culture within that black dollar would go around and come back around and go around and come back around so much that you had that economic development, Mm -hmm. you know, that took place. Yeah. Well, you know, the same happened to me in San Francisco. I, I live in the same neighborhood that I live in. Well, you live, live in Knob Hill. No, no. I'm in the picture, man. But, but I've lived yeah. in the same neighborhood since I was 11 years old. I lived yeah. 12 blocks from where I grew up. Oh, man. In San wow. Francisco. And, and, and when I bought my first house, it was just before my 29th birthday. I was working in city government then, and I was able to put together enough money and everything. And me and my wife were able to put together enough money mm-hmm. in order to buy a house, which I, which I still live in. Wow. Still so, living it. Still living that house. So, so the, the question comes, and I've watched the process myself up front. You know, from way back in, mm-hmm. in the, the uh, redevelopment, nineteen sixty six, nineteen sixty seven, in the old Fillmore, and I've watched that. But I also watched a coalition of people come together. That was the key part, where they were African Americans, where they were Japanese Americans, whether they were uh, white, whether they came together in order to be a force against that redevelopment and try to change it. And some things came out of it. It wasn't all positive. Some things came out of it. So I say, if you go to the film on now, some of the, the low, low income housing mm-hmm. was a result of that. Yeah. These were people who were standing up, citizens who were standing up in their community and demanding that their voice be heard. And I think, I think that when we have, we have someone in the houses understanding what is happening on the local, understanding how vital it is to be, to 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 re, to to re encourage and 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 also support what is happening local, we have something special in that. Yeah, uh, Mayor Newport, you know, uh, it was said that Bernie was in the civil rights movement. That's what Core is. Core well, is, Cora is a civil rights yeah. movement, yeah. and and he worked alongside with you. Right, was all the people we knew back there was Jesse Jackson and others. He endorsed Jesse when Jesse ran for president in '84. Uh, he's been out there. A long, long time. But I think the problem now, we don't really understand deeply what America is. We're 47th in the world in literacy and education, 72nd in health care. Wow. Bernie mentioned something about Fidel Castro a few weeks ago. When I was a mayor of Berkeley, we followed the education program that Fidel installed after the revolution. Mm. Cuba has an illiteracy rate of 0.1% right now. Wow. Mm. And as poor as they are, once Russia pulled out whatever, they still, everybody has health care, et cetera, whatever else. We applied that to Berkeley, and more black kids ended up getting scholarships to Harvard and Dartmouth and those schools and whatever else than any city in the country. History has, you have to have an analysis of what created the conditions in order to know what to do. I ran a project called the Dudley Street Neighborhood Initiative in Boston after I was mayor. We're the only nonprofit in the history of the United States that got eminent domain authority over all vacant land. Mm. The history came together and created a master plan. And through that, we work with MIT to gather the data and do an analysis and create GIS maps to educate everybody Mm -hmm. from the community to the small businesses, to the bankers, to the government and everybody else to look at the plan that we wanted 
so that the dollar recycles, so that we educated our young people and did all things necessary. Bernie Sanders was a part of that development also. Well, that's the first thing. I went, when I went up to 1992, went up to a celebration of the community. I saw Cape Verdeans, Ta- Italians, African-Americans. That's a whole the plethora of people a multicultural, multiracial uh, 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 community there coming together at that particular point, bringing people together. This campaign is about that, bringing people together. Mm-hmm. It's about justice. It's it's about it's about all the things that we need to talk about. We talk about here, and and we know that 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 here. Uh, I mean, I just read an article where where the, uh, the the attorney general and the and the uh, so, so the institute of bring back the death penalty you know not bring it back but so yeah. restart yeah, yeah, yeah. restart they already restart, had it in place yeah. to restart the death penalty there and who's affected by that you know and, uh, by the death penalty here us right here yeah. given the size of uh, in this state given the size of of the african american community which is about 9% of the population, they're the ones who are most most likely to be on death row as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and to see that you guys have always been forward thinkers, uh, even in your time, and to see the span of when you saw when gentrification was happening up until now, where gentrification is happening in in the White House in a way. Like, so where do you see how Bernie can really turn things around within government, and and what plans in place do you see that you support? Because he's already talked about Medicare for all, mm-hmm. because healthcare isn't covered for everybody. Right. In the Western world, all those other countries have it. Western Europe, mm-hmm. Canada, yeah, whatever yeah, else. Yeah, they do. True. Jack O'Dell, who worked for uh, Jesse Jackson and uh, various other places. And Martin Luther be, King as well. Yeah. Right. Jack lived, O'Dell. That's right. Who lived to be 95, yeah. moved up to Canada uh, in wow. his later years. And we used to talk all the time until he was 95, was in the hospital several times. Mm. He said, damn, Gus, you know, I've been in the hospital, and that little bit of bill they gave me ain't nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, just a pound, cost of a pound of coffee or something. Wow, really? And, 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 and things like that. Mm-hmm. The pharmaceutical industry and insurance controls health care in this country. It's a part of a capitalist system. And what we're trying to do is create an uncapitalize this system. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. know, Martin Luther King yeah. wrote a letter in nineteen fifty two to Coretta before they got married, saying, Darling, I love you. We're gonna get married. But I want you to understand I'm moving away from capitalism huh. and moving to democratic socialism. Mm-hmm. He and Martin Luther, he and Malcolm were becoming close friends. They yeah. were yeah. at the end of their lives. We're doing a movie on it now. Yeah. Wow. But as I say, history's not recorded. Yeah. After he got back from Mecca at, right, That's right. When but, 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 but even before that, even before then, even before that, last three years, because remember, Malcolm right. got put out of the Nation of Islam. Yeah, he did. Right after Kennedy got assassinated, mm-hmm. and 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 that was misinterpreted by 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 the media yeah. and whatever else. Yeah. Then he created Muslim Mosque Incorporated. Then he invited me to help him create the the uh, in, uh, the alternative institute we created, the Organization of Afro American Unity. Mm-hmm. I was traveling with him four days before he was killed. But I want you to know they were all looking at democratic socialism. This country does not want to see wealth spread yeah. for the good of society. Yeah. I mean, Bloomberg up here trying to buy the presidency mm-hmm. in blind box all over this country along with it. We can't have that. Yeah. There's got to be an approach that makes sure that our next generation are able to have the vision and the focus for what needs to be. And I'm so glad my grandmother 
started taking me to see Paul Robeson when I was five years old. Mm. She went to school in the fourth grade after picking cop one day in Virginia, walked in, white teacher slapped her without asking questions. She walked out and never went back. Mm. But she became an avid reader. But she didn't move north where I grew in Rochester, New York, and took me and began to look at education and all those things, things was necessary. Yeah. That's where our love had to come from. The beloved community is what Martin called it, even segregated communities, but everybody right. was seen as an equal. Right. right. This is where we're coming to. Right. And, and, and that's where and, Bernie's coming from. And yeah. the, the whole idea of his Thurgood Marshall education platform, which not only deals with uh, eliminating the debt that, that, uh, that students have uh, and that, that debt 45 million Americans in this country has loans, student loans that, that certainly have suffocated them and haven't been able to begin to carry on with their lives. But he's talking about expanding and tripling the money for Title III. Now, there's some real, real interesting dynamics when you talk about public education right there, mm-hmm. in the, which is in the process of being privatized, being privatized by charter school. So there are really dynamics that we need to talk about when you think about public education. Since this country has never had a national education plan, we were together in New Orleans just before Katrina with Bob Moses and the Algebra Project talking about quality education as a civil right Mm. initiative. We've been had meetings in D.C. at Howard University and all that in terms of that, talking about that. This is an initiative brought about about, about, by Bob Moses, who we all know is is one of the great civil rights leaders of of uh, 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 civil rights leaders, but also has again to address the issues of public education yeah. and what we need to do. And his ideas around public education is that the money has, which goes through from the federal government to the state, needs to go and needs to not go directly from the federal government to the state, but those programs within the communities that determine how the, that money should be met, met and need and, and used. We have, we have defunded public education. We have not only defunded education, we, we, we have, uh, have, 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 have taken the whole role of teachers and yeah. deprofessionalized teaching yeah. as it well. Yeah. To teaching what well, my mama was trained as a teacher. My sister was trained as a teacher. I got, I got three of my nephews, four of my nephews and nieces who are teachers now. So we have to kind of elevate that. We have to pay them the kind of money that they need that they need to live. And then gentrification hasn't helped helped either with the teachers. Teachers yeah. have to live way way out yeah. somewhere. Yeah. All, unable to do that. All these are real things that we have to tackle with. But we have to believe and know that they're important for the, not only the future of our community, the future of our country, but the future of us as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you say? What would you say is at stake? Just say you know. Um, you know, that Barney didn't get the opportunity. Why is it so very important for us to get in there, for, for, for Bernie to get into office? What's at stake if, if we don't vote? What's at stake is you're going to maintain the government and the country you have, and possible Donald Trump might be president for another four years. And I think me being going on 85, yeah. coming through the Jim Crow era, mm-hmm. this is the worst I've ever seen it. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's the wow. worst that really I have bad. ever it's seen. It's terrible. It. And, you know, we've got to have an analysis. You young people are intelligent. You're the leaders of the future. Yes, sir. You all graduate with student loans. When I, I was a Martin Luther King fellow at MIT for two years, mm-hmm. I had graduate students coming out with student loans of $500,000. Right. You graduate into slavery. Mm. 
Slavery is practiced in two ways in this country, through incarceration or through student loans. Sure. Wow. And then it perpetuates the status quo of what is. It doesn't allow us to really be creative yeah. and do the things that have to do, yeah. to work with other countries. Yeah. We got a bloated military budget. I was in the military for almost two years, I'll say almost, wow. because I got drafted, mm-hmm. and my responsibility was watching all the boats around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I asked too many questions. They put me out. <laughs> I got an honorable discharge, wow, but okay. they put me out. Okay. But the sad reality, people keep saying, where are you going to get the money from to do this? We can cut the damn bloated military budget. Yeah. We got a thousand military bases around this country. Yeah. yeah. For what? Are we supposed to be God of the world or something? Right. We should be looking at an approach to peace. Trump has already bombed two countries right. since he's been in office. Right. And here we got. Uh, a secretary of education who's a billionaire, and she's created all kinds of charter schools, that's just everything that is irreplaceable and damnation to what we could do while we build the future. My my daughter is a teacher. Mm-hmm. I've had to beg her for five or six years, don't quit, because the federal government was controlling teaching. Now, she's in Atlanta, and she is the math and computer specialist. She's got a job now she really likes. I spend a lot of time in the South because I'm on the board of Project South. And one of the things we do is engage a lot of young people, especially a lot of the brothers who are formerly incarcerated. When they found out I knew Malcolm X, they want to have talks about it. Right. They want to know all about that, right. whatever this and that. Right. And so it, it's that. It, it, it's sharing what we know. And no one of us knows it all. Mm-hmm. At soon to be 85, I learn right. something new Still every day. Thank goodness. Yeah. Good God Almighty. Yeah. Look yeah. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just generation. This is a generational movement. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where we place ourselves in. And we've been... We were part of a generational movement yeah, of yeah. change that are here. This generational movement is taking another step. Yet, yet it's those elders uh, like uh, myself and Gus and that who, who know that we're intricately a part and connected yeah. to this movement yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, because of what we've learned from the past, how we've been able to to identify some of the things that we we didn't maybe we didn't didn't come across our our viewpoint yes. at, at at a particular point in yes. time. We're at a crisis now. We had a crisis, whether people want to believe it or not, with climate change. Yeah, we're sure. really at a crisis. Yeah, that's an who issue go, right who, there. Who are, go, yeah. who are going yeah. to be most affected by it? Poor people, <laughs> poor people around the world right now are affected by it. Within this country, we're talking about climate change. We're, we're talking about even how how we process our meat, yeah, you know? Sure. How we process our meat and how we grow our meat right now, sure. whether it's chickens, chickens and beef are the largest emitter of CO2 yeah. gases. Wow. Not the automobiles, but chicken and yeah. beef, the production. Wow. So there's so many things that, that has to happen now in terms of getting a handle. If indeed we're able to try to change this around, particularly this country, because this current country is the race, the face of whatever we want to call the free world. Right. Everything. Within this country, we're able to do this turnaround where the president is going to not only right. respect uh, respect who we are yeah. in our communities, Main Street, who we are in our communities, but also going to respect respect other governments who are trying to find other ways in which they can mediate mediate their their, their issues at the, right. within, yeah. whether they're environmental issues, whether issues about development, yeah. and everything. Yeah. It's funny that we at this particular point, the richest country in the world, and we have around us some of the some of the, the most the most I would say the most. Uh, the wealth that is that is concentrated sure. in just the hands of the uh, few, mm-hmm. at any time in human history here. Sure. Wealth is, is common, ca- uh, concentrated in the hands of just a few. Yeah. But but don't you feel? Do you feel that uh, countries like China 
you know, who are technology ahead of us, you know, and they're, they're so kind of like disciplined, I guess. That's what we get over here. You know, and I lived overseas for about three years, and uh, I was on the other side of, you know, Dubai and all that stuff over there. And uh, I realized that people were looking at the United States almost like laughing. Like, we're laughing stock here in the United States. Uh, they were like, oh, Americans, Americans, Americans. Danny, you've been all over the world, you know, and, and, and I'm pretty sure you've heard some of that, too, in certain countries, you know. Well, I, I mean, I haven't been to China, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know one thing. <laughs> the Chinese, Chinese civilization goes back 5,000 years. Yeah, it does. So whatever yeah. they think about. And Frisco, not, not, and Frisco not, not, has not, a whole heavy Asian just, base now. Uh, Frisco, not, not just 200 Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the simple 200 some years that we found here, 400 years since they found the Mayflower. You know, the Chinese came to the New World right. in their own their own ships in the 11th century. Mm-hmm. The Chinese came to we don't learn that about them. the Chinese came. No, to we the don't. New we world. don't learn anything. We just about came to the New World mm-hmm. in ships that made the the Nina, Pina, and Santa Maria look like toy boats. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. Like, those are the ships that they came. That's the we don't learn that mm-hmm. in a sense. You know. We don't know that Native Americans came together in the 11th century and began to devise methods and ways in which they can live on the planet, live in this space that they have together. That's what Native, Native First Nation people did in the 11th century, 300, 400 years before Columbus ever made his way across the So these are the kind of things that we said, that the people have always had ways in which they deal with the world and deal with the time that they're in right now. China is where, it's, where it is, of course. It is where it is, and part of that is because of capitalism itself. Yeah. Yeah. That is capitalism is divided. Where those jobs were outsourced to China because of cheaper labor, yeah. or outsourced to Sampan because yeah. of cheaper labor, or other places and towards the cheaper labor, and all that that was part of this. So uh, and, and understanding this is a part of this as well. Our dilemma, our dilemma is with where do we where do we deal with this where we are right here with this massive concentration of wealth here where people are working two, three jobs just to make ends meet and not making deep, where minimum wage is still below, below with no health care, but but below $8 or something like that. Where do we now, where do we now put our foot down and transform the moment that we're in right now? In a sense, where we see jobs outsourcing all the time. What was one of the promises of of, uh, Trump when he came in? That he was going to bring jobs back. Sure. That was one of the provinces, sure. yeah. constituency. Yeah. He's going to revitalize those urban, those, those, those small communities and, and yeah. rural communities that have lost their job and lost their identity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's, hap- it's, it's, happened, it's happened for a long time before Trump. You know, mm-hmm. Le- all Levi Strauss that we used to be wear used to be made where? Here mm-hmm. in those yeah, small communities, right. you know. In small communities, different around the country, all around the country, small communities. Well, what they did was to basically they sold out. To the lowest bidder, yeah, mm-hmm. and the lowest bidder brings down the living living wages and living style of all of us. So there's, there's a way in which we we have to we have to stand up right at this particular moment and talk about that. It's not it happens in incremental ways. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. it yeah. doesn't happen in in, in one administration itself. Right. Right. You know, one administration that we've seen with the Trump has been able to do some damaging things. Yeah. First of all, walk away from the Paris uh, Paris Climate Accord. Uh-huh. And they did that. They actually did that. And then promote the whole idea that a lot of other right-wing 
people, uh, 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 governments take on, take on the climate change, change is a hoax and everything. It's something that, that is a communist, a Chinese plot or something like that. Yeah, like this yeah. Bolsonaro in mm-hmm. Brazil. Yeah. Brazil he, he, he pretended that there weren't fires, the fires that were raging in the Amazon, right. that they were caused by the people there in the Amazon. These fires, the Amazon represents 20% of the world's oxygen. It's the lungs of the planet, the Amazon rainforest. Yes. Yeah. So it's just as important for us right here to deal with the, 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 these things in terms of fires in the Amazon as it is important for the people of Brazil itself. Mm-hmm. But in the rest Brazil. of the world. Yeah. 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 I understand. So those that. are the things that we, we got work to do. You know, whatever. Yeah, whatever we got a lot of work to do. Whether we hear here. This work begins in that. But there's a movement happening and a discourse that is happening. What we brought to the table, what has the Bernie campaign brought to the table? Mm-hmm. He's brought health care for all. Boom. Across the, across the board, across the board, across the board. Yeah. Yeah. right here. That changes a lot of things. And when you go and negotiate, negotiate within, within, when you, you know, because we got a lot of people who don't right? have no health care. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. we talked about that. We talked about about eliminating the debt that 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 college students have uh, that, that that have gone to college and promoting free public college. Remember that free public college. Boy, it's, it's talking about helping H H U B C C. You know, I'm talking about historically black colleges and universities. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of things that we're talking about. So we're on that level. It's talking about a minimum wage. We have Amazon already has fifteen dollars yeah. an hour. You're yeah. right there. Yeah. And that was on. That was because of Bernie Sanders. Mm. Bernie Sanders in there, but that had been part. Not just Bernie Sanders. It was a movement that made demand for that. Yeah. Mm. So Bernie Sanders is also the manifestation of this movement as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And it's, it, uh, that, that, so all of those are things that we, we can pigeon right now. And then pay more attention to what's happening in urban areas. Mm. As we said, both of us come out of, of the kind of urban areas, cities right there, and understand to some extent what happens in cities, who makes choices. Mm-hmm. When the gentrification was happening in San Francisco, nobody looked at at who the most vulnerable were, right. mm-hmm. you know, right. all they saw is that it was money in the, in, in the, in the coffers, you know, mm-hmm. and when the tech industry moved up from Silicon Valley, near right. San Jose and everything moved up there, they didn't care about who was the most vulnerable mm-hmm. people yeah. who would have been, you have homeless people all over San Francisco. Yeah. Now yeah. you have renters all over West Oakland. Yeah. Now West Oakland was a place at least you could find decent, affordable housing, yeah. renting right yeah. there. No longer. That's yeah. the case, you yeah. know, because the encroachment on San Francisco now spread to West Oakland, and they call West Oakland now East San Francisco. Yeah. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So all these were, and who lives there? Us. Mm-hmm. We live there. We live in those places, and we had to. We had to. We had to get a hold of it. We had to say, in the same way in which we built movements in the past, in the same way in which we mobilized to do this, Bernie Sanders is only at candidacy and as president represents the possibilities that are available to us. Yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, another question of mine, because I have a friend who is registered to vote, but he doesn't believe in a system of voting because he feels that, uh, you know, how the, he feels that the election was stolen last election, like how some, maybe some of the Russians had uh, uh, infiltrated the, the voting system. And some that don't really believe in the voting system um, maybe had lost hope in that. Like, what are some things that, that are key to, as the young generation that maybe have lost a little hope, as the generation that has fought and won many victories, like, what are you saying to us in this time? Well, I think the propaganda that the Russians stole, you know, is what this country constantly does to keep up off, off balance. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. But I will say there's problems in the Democratic Party, too. Right. You know, um, superdelegates, electoral college. Bernie Sanders had eight appointees to a, a historical reform group being appointed to the Democrat National Council yeah. after the election. Hillary had 10. I was one of Bernie's eight. We tried to get those six changed. They still wouldn't go for it. Mm. The Democrat Party needs to be totally reformed also. Right. But the fact is, too many people don't vote. Martin Luther King gave his life and other people. There you go. That's what the civil that's rights what it's movement about. is about. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we can't just step back and say we got to get out there and vote in large numbers. Yeah. I remember, even though I had problems with Obama, when my mother, who was in the hospital in her 90s, when Obama got elected. And I left it on my phone for a long time. She just called and left a message screaming, we did it, we did it. Wow. They didn't know, but she, her great-grandmother, being a slave and coming from where they were to this, mm-hmm. go back to Bernie. In uh, December 1918, James Sanders Institute called 280 of us together in Burlington, Vermont. That's where the New Green Deal came from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bishop Tutu went to the Copenhagen Accord a couple of years ago when CNN involved because 200 countries had signed down. Right. And CNN said, uh, Bishop Tutu, what do you think about all these countries being involved? Do you think that can work? I mean, you've been to the civil rights movement, the apartheid mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. He said, look, there's differences of opinion amongst people of color, class, yeah. and everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually we can correct that. Yeah. He mm-hmm. said, but we ain't got but one planet. Yeah. If yeah, we just, don't take care of that, just the one. We one can planet. all forget it. That's what it's, yeah. Yeah. Just the one. Just the one. I mean, uh, I I think a number of moments in in our lives, we questioned the value of voting Mm -hmm. and being part of the system. Yes. We ran candidates, and some of those candidates were marginalized in some ways. But I I think that we have the greatest opportunity at this particular moment in the public space of using, Mm -hmm. using voting and voting and having information, having information as our, our best tool to change this, mm. to continue a struggle for justice. It con- it's a continuation. Right. It's been the struggle from the first time that there was slaves that brought here. It's been a struggle from the, from the moment of the, the Bacon Rebellion in right. 1679, a struggle from, uh, from, from the, the emancipation, the post-civil the pre-Civil War struggle right. to abolish slavery. Right. It's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. And it's always been to some way what, what as, as King would quote Carlisle, no lie lasts forever. Mm. Yeah. We have an opportunity to right here in the transform it. If we put together our energy and we put together our, our, our collective consciousness yeah. to do this, yeah. something could happen yeah. here. Yeah. That's possibly going to happen, and something is happening. Yeah. So we're in a moment where something is happening. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the, the millennials and the me sure. generation, and all right. that—they've gone by. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's it's my thing. I do my thing, and you do your thing. Right. It's right. gone by. Right. It's gone us by. now. Yeah. It can't yeah. be anything yeah. Yeah. but us. Okay. Yeah. You know. Let me tell you, if Bernie right. gets elected, he's going to call on Danny and on other people. Other people of color to help him put together a cabinet. There you go. That's people. the key. And we're going to reach out to some of you young people yeah. with that kind of intelligence. There you go. To participate right. in that. Okay. 
Well, hey, man, thank you for coming out, man. I mean, this has been real good. This is the Black Community Radio Station. This is where everybody come in our community over here. And thank you, Danny Glover. Thank you, Mayor Newport, you know. And, man, hey, if you get a chance, come back. And thank you all for having me. Yeah, come back. And send us people. Send us people. Send people right here. You know, because right. we tell our stories our way. Well, it's because of Bernie's campaign yeah. that week, Dad and I got invited. We've been running all over the place. I, I know in, you have. I was in Washington for six days a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Nice. Danny called me and said, where you at, baby? I said, I'm Washington. I'll be going in a couple of days. He said, don't pack your bag. We going don't to unpack North Carolina don't and South unpack Carolina. It, huh? yeah. Y'all on the campaign trip. Where, where, where do you go when you leave here? Whatever we're going to We know we're going to be in Georgia Okay, somewhere in Georgia And he's going right from here to New York Oh, man Well, we love you brothers, man You know, wisdom is always needed And uh, don't forget about us here in Tulsa, Oklahoma You know, we right here Black Wall Street And all of that You know, we got some history down here You know, so You got got some ideas that we got to grasp Oh, yeah No one of us knows it all Yeah, right, right So that's what we're going to do. So yes, thank sir. y'all, okay? All right. We're on a Bobby Eaton show where we tell our stories our way every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we just got off uh, the air talking to some iconic brothers, actor Danny Glover and former Berkeley, California Mayor Gus Newport. So we're on Bobby Eaton show. So continue to listen. Coming up next, supporters of Families of Sickle Cell Disease. 